Good morning. Welcome to Earthmakers, spiritual care for real humans. My name is Joey. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. I'm a recovering addict and the grateful creator and host of this podcast. Take a deep breath. Settle in. This space is for you. Okay, let's take a moment on this Friday morning and just settle in. Notice how your body feels. Notice where you're at right now. Are you feeling okay in your body? I was just talking to a friend this morning who was not feeling okay in her body. And I was able to relate to that. I have spent many days of my adult life uncomfortable in my body. Chronic health issues, food sensitivities, gender dysphoria, body image distress, body dysmorphia. So let's just own this moment together. That these are the bodies that we have. When we were born, we became incarnate in these bodies. Incarnate means to take on flesh, to take on a body. This is the body. (coughs) Excuse me. This is the body, my friends that you were given. This is the body that I was given. And the thoughts that are passing through your head, you may want them to go away. But it's the wanting them to go away that gives them power over you. Remember, a thought is just a thought. It has no power over your higher power. It has no power over you. And brains are like lungs. Lungs are organs designed to breathe for us. So they breathe. They breathe. That's what they do. You rarely notice your breathing. Unless you're an asthmatic person or you have a lung condition. Because your lungs are just doing what lungs are designed to do. And so your brain, too, is an organ designed to think it's going to think, hoping that it will stop thinking while you are trying to settle down and meditate is often a hopeless endeavor. It will bear no fruit. So let's just slow down. Just arrive in this moment. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're sensing, This is what you need to feel, think, and sense right now. There's lots going on right now in the world. Outside of this moment, people are dying, people are being born, people are being married, 
People are graduating from high school and college. People are starting new jobs. People are losing jobs. People are losing teeth, growing teeth, breaking legs, healing legs. Lots of things are happening. The world continues to go on without you. The world doesn't need you right now as much as you need you to be here now. It's okay. The world can function. Right now, outside my window, on this beautiful, chilly morning in Minnesota, I hear a car engine starting. Birds. Some laughter in the distance. What do you hear? What are the noises, the sounds around you? Let's just take note. Okay. I'm so sorry. My allergies are out of control this morning. And uh, so, as you know, (laughs) uh, a frequent guest on this podcast are Joey's allergies. So those will keep popping up now and again. Um, Today, I want to tell you a little story and we're going to unpack a little bit of something special um, about wisdom. Once upon a time, um, I was working in a treatment center. I've worked in a few of them, a handful of treatment centers in Minnesota. And uh, doing the same work that I'm doing now, spiritual care counseling. And I was leading a, a, pro, a spiritual process group. And one of the <clears throat> women uh, in the group spoke up at one point and she just looked at me and she said, I have a, a sincere question. And the first thing I thought was, well, that's kind of an odd way to start a question, but I'm glad she made that point, I guess. And she said, how did you get to be so wise? And in the moment, I nearly fell over laughing. That was the first reaction. (laughs) The second reaction was my ego loving the sound of that question. How did you get to be so wise? Right? It's the same thing that would trigger our ego if somebody asked you, how did you get to be so sexy? How did you get to be so smart? How did you get to be so talented? How did you get to be so cool? Right? It feels really good when people ask us questions like that. So... My ego wanted to take over, I'll be honest with you, in the moment and say, 
well, you know, just has taken uh, school and I sort of have a natural gift for uh, profound wisdom, <laughs> you know. Uh, but this is really where many of us at least go. Even those of us that have low self-esteem, we want to lap up compliments like that, don't we? Maybe especially if we have low self-esteem. So I <clears throat> had to wrestle my ego to the floor for a moment. And I, I looked into this woman's eyes and I thought, this question has nothing to do with me. This question is being asked by someone who is in a very strange place in her life. So strange that she, being my mother's age, would ask me, someone in their early 30s, how they got to be so wise. And then I thought, if this woman knew that I was trans, non-binary, queer, if I came in wearing nail polish and makeup and some of the clo more uh, femme clothes that I like to wear sometimes, would she treat me the same way? <clears throat> would she ask me the same question? At the time, she was looking at me, a man, a person identifying as a man, a white man, a young white man, married to a woman. There's all kinds of things that inform a question like this. Cultural pieces, psychological and social pieces emotional pieces, trauma pieces. People ask questions like this because they fear that they are not wise. So, after wrestling my ego to the ground in a very brief wrestling match, I, I laughed a little bit because, not because I, I was mocking her, but because I knew the truth. A few years ago, I would have just thanked her and said, thank you so much for saying that about me. It feels really good. Um, and I would have tried to fake humility. Maybe. But that day, I said, Oh, you know... And before I could get my whole sentence out, she interrupted me and said, I don't like that you're laughing at me right now. Why are you laughing at me, Joey? I said, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, I don't mean to offend you. It's just, I'm not really any more wise than you are. She said, well, that's not true. That's very clear, she 
You said, you are clean and sober, sticking with your recovery, and a staff person in a treatment center teaching us about how to practice spirituality. You are clearly wiser than me and most of the people in this room. And I said, well, I don't know about that. I said, I just work really hard. I said, I work my ass off every day. So don't let this fool you. You don't suddenly just become wise. You're always in the process of becoming. Always. In every area. We're just becoming. We're arriving. We're becoming. Just like that uh, metamorphosis example that we used on Wednesday. Right? We're the caterpillars becoming the butterflies. We're cocooning. We're metamorphosizing. We're arriving. We never fully arrive. And she said, so all I have to do is work hard at my recovery and I'll be as wise as you. And I said, well, don't make me the goal. (laughs) This was a really awkward moment for me. I didn't know how to answer this woman's questions because I didn't want to sound like an asshole. And I also didn't want to sound like an arrogant blowhard. But here I was wrestling with, with categories like asshole and arrogant blowhard when I could have just spoken from the heart and let all of my wrestling go. The problem is, in certain contexts, we have been taught by our culture to appear a certain way. So I said, I work my ass off every day using the steps, using refuge recovery, using the Four Noble Truths, using the teachings of Jesus, I work my ass off every day to know the things that I know. And I said, and even then, wisdom is often the application of knowledge. Wisdom is wrapped up in how we act and move and how we are and exist in spaces. And I said, I'm not actually always very good at applying my knowledge. I know a whole lot. I'm really, really good at teaching and showing people in a group or in a workshop or in a classroom setting or in a counseling session how to tap into this wisdom, and yet I don't always tap into it. And you can see her face kind of sink. What a disappointing answer. But in order to be disappointed, we have to believe somewhere in us that we have been appointed for something to begin with. This woman had appointed me to the status of wise sage. I have done that with my teachers before. 
And all I wanted to communicate to her in that moment was, we are just as wise as each other. We are just as wise as the person sitting across the circle from us, just as wise at Mahatma Gandhi, just as wise as the bee, just as wise as the duck, just as wise as the sun, just as wise as the ocean. And so in that regard, we have this deep well of wisdom way down deep that we can tap into. We just need to apply the skills. My ego wanted to tell her, I apply my skills every day. But the truth, the Dharma within me, the inner light, <clears throat> my inner wise grandparent, to borrow a term from season one, said to me, tell her the truth. And the truth is, I'm really not that wise. I'm just wise. But I don't always act like it. Wisdom is not something that old, older people, you look at older people and we say, oh, you know, grandma is so wise. Why is she called wise? Because she's old? No, no, no. I've met some old people who are not very wise. Or who don't act like they're wise. Age is not what unveils wisdom. The reason my grandma appears wise or wiser than some is because she has failed greatly in her life and has learned from failure. As the great spiritual teacher Master Yoda from the movie Star Wars The Last Jedi says, failure a great teacher is. <laughs> AKA, minus the Yoda speak. Failure is a great teacher. It is failure, my friends, that has taught me to engage with my wisdom. And even then, I'm still a fucking addict. So I'm, I'm not always acting out of a place of wisdom. I'm acting out of a place of ego and self-service. <clears throat> the wise thing is to show up. Is to show up and try. That's the wise thing. To show up and try. To apply the knowledge that you've learned. To not go to your default setting of fear and judgment and addiction and desire and clinging and shame and anxiety. But rather to pause and ask yourself, what, what is wisdom calling out for within me today? What is wisdom asking of me today?
And oftentimes what wisdom is asking of us with the gentle, compassionate, understanding voice of wisdom within us is asking us, she's asking us to tell the truth that we are not as wise as we think we are. And that is okay. So today my invitation to you is to let go of your obsession with or your goal of becoming wise or wiser all of a sudden and just live your life and apply the knowledge that failure has given you. Allow yourself to be a student and in moments that call for it, allow yourself to be a teacher and apply, apply, apply the knowledge that you have learned so that you can tap into that rich supply of wisdom deep within your spirit and change the world because of it. We are just as wise as each other, just as wise as Jesus, just as wise as the Buddha, just as wise as Friedrich Nietzsche, just as wise as Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or Cornell West or Mary Oliver or James Baldwin. William Shakespeare, we are just as wise. We just forget. We're so forgetful. So tell the truth today. When you can say, we are not as wise as we think we are, we become wise. Amen. Thank you so much. You are precious, loved, and worthy. Take good care of you today, and I'll see you on Monday.